Hello, mountain bike radio listeners. This is Ben, and this is something a little bit different. So some of you are aware that I live in Hayward, Wisconsin, which is northern Wisconsin, and also the home of the world's largest fat bike race. The Fat Bike Berkey is around 1,000 racers, and it is right here. Technically, it starts up in Cable, which is about 15 miles north of here, but you get the picture. Berkey office is right down the road, and uh, yeah, so I'm going to count it as right here. But what I'm going to be doing this entire weekend is uploading a bunch of audio from people that are involved in the Berkey who have done the Berkey uh, involved in different ways and maybe some random people. So what you're going to see in the feed the next few days is a bunch of audio. It might be long. It might be short. Today's first clips are pretty long, actually. Uh, but I am trying to bring you uh, the behind the scenes and some racers, some workers, some volunteers, anything I can. I'm trying to bring that to you. I want to try something different um, and just kind of bring the whole experience and make it into an audio experience that's uh, that's ongoing for the weekend. So if you don't like it, I totally understand. What I would recommend you doing is just skipping through the next uh, couple days of audio and uh, pick up where you left off on Monday. We'll probably have some different things up. Uh, we have the path uh, just right along, uh, and I have some other audio too. So, And if you do enjoy it, that's awesome. So hang on to your seats because I'm going to try to bring a whole bunch of audio to you. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Uh, also, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, I definitely want to hear the feedback. But if you want to support the show, you can head over to mountainbikeradio.com slash support MBR to find out the different ways that you can do that. So that is my intro. Uh, please enjoy these episodes about uh, around the Fat Bike Berkey. This first one, I speak with Ben Pop. He is the executive director of the Berkey Foundation, uh, and it's good. I had a great time today. I was uh, recording in the Berkey office, so it was a lot of fun. So have a listen and enjoy. So I am here at the Berkey office with the Ben Pop. So it's uh, he's always full of energy, so it's good. But it's really cool because we're in the Berkey office. Um, it's right down the road from where I live. So it's really easy kind of, I'm looking at our grocery store that we go to. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring you stuff for all weekend. I thought it would be good to start off with Ben because he is the, I would say he's the energy behind the Berkey. Uh, a lot of other people put a lot of work, including volunteers and workers and everybody involved. But Ben is the the spark plug that keeps it all going. So, uh, and you know you. it because oh, yeah. you've been a part of it now. <laughs> no, I, and it's something I really appreciate. I think I told you early on, it's like, there's not many people I can sit down with and I'm, I'm actually equally tired from the opposite person. <laughs> Usually I'm the one that's overwhelming. So it's good to have a, it's good to do that. All right. Let's talk about the fat bike Berkey. Uh, it's not very old. Was this sixth year? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, have you been involved since the very beginning? No. Know, when did you get here? Uh, I missed the first one. Okay. Uh, I was here. I was volunteering at the first one, actually. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. A little bit of that history when you think back. Um, I mean, obviously not being here for the first year, but, uh, you know, and I think you guys are going to, you'll get a chance to talk to Scott, obviously, a little bit later. But, you know, there was a huge push by the organization. Like, no, we're not doing that. Forget it. You know, those fat bikes, they're they're never going to last. They're not going to be around forever. And uh so that went on for a couple of years, actually. And, um, 
you know, they kind of kept talking about it and finally said, you know what? All right, we got to try this. This sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. In the first year, I think there was about 150 or 200 riders, so which was arguably huge, a huge at yeah. that point, right? And I'll never forget it. It The trail was in fantastic condition leading up to it. And then that day, it actually rose through the day and got to almost 50 degrees and started <laughs> raining. So oh, they really? pushed the, the, the okay. they pushed it way early. I think they started like seven thirty or eight to try and get it in before it came. And literally, as the last rider was coming in, it started raining, and it ended up being an awesome experience. And yeah. you know, fast forward, here we are now, and uh, you know, we can talk all about it, of course. But uh, pretty amazing event. Yeah. I think I remember six years ago because we were doing the Fat Bike Frozen Forty. Uh, I think the year before, and I remember seeing this the fat bike Berkey come on board because there was, you know, talk and whatever. And I saw the first, and I, when I first saw it, I'm like, a, it's a winner because you can ride it. You you can't ride it any other time. All these other races, the fat bike frozen people ride, ride it all the time. So yeah. you get on the course and you're like, okay, world class grooming all year. You can ride it only this time. It's like, there's an, it's, it's a no brainer that it's going to be 500 people next year. And, and then I'm thinking, I'm sitting on the side thinking, shit, how am I going to compete? Like now all these people are coming and I'm like, wait, it's a few weeks later. It'll be now I can promote the frozen 40 as good training for the fat bike Berkey. I'm like, all right, that's perfect. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to use it. Uh, so I just remember back in the early days, like you said, 200 people was a huge, huge yeah. thing. Even so then, now, I mean, it's a big number, right? Yeah. And you think about that many bikes and I think you're right that grooming, it's a unique situation. Obviously we have all this infrastructure for skiing in terms of, Four piston bullies. I mean, each one weighs 14,000 yeah. pounds. So run so, down the trail with that. You can make yeah. it pretty firm. I mean, as you know, we just got a foot of snow. Yeah. And yet I think the conditions are going to be pretty darn epically good. Um, even with really dry, cold snow, they, they've already groomed it, I think, four times. And we'll probably be on another three. Yeah. Because um, that's the question. That's the question I got already is like, well, how firm is it going to be? I'm like, I don't know. They're grooming it all week. It's going to be like eight degrees on Friday night. I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty hard for most of the morning. I was going to say, I think, right, like the Berkey, by the time you get to Ryder 800, 900, ah, it it starts to break down a little bit just because over time, especially people start to walk the hills a little bit. That's what we found in the past. But, uh, you know, you, you start to, yeah, you couple that really fun. I mean, it's been like a road course. I mean, coming from a more, a little bit more of a road background myself than mountain biking, it's like a road race because yeah. it's hard and fast and yeah. the corners are typically banked because of, from the ski standpoint. So yeah. uh, it's, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, from a fat bike perspective, those, the hills that are out there, those type of bank corners, and every time you're doing all those rolling hills for whatever reason, even though it's not single track is this wide open thing, the rolling hills going down those things on a fat bike is I don't know why it's so much fun, but it is like, because I, I think part of it is you can go as fast as you want. And you know, at the end of the day, it might be hard, but it's not going to be horrible. No, it's, it's fun. like if you fall, it's not going to be the worst thing. Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to get road rash no. when you go down. And no. that's the the fun part about it. And it's interesting uh, now being here through the fourth and fifth year as it evolves, the idea that uh, you're getting people that, I mean, you know, them, whether it's the Belkies from Timber Ford down here, whatever that like they ride their bike like three times a year. That's it. Yeah. But they still mm-hmm. come and do it. They don't, it doesn't feel intimidating. And I, it's, 
I think it's becoming more and more. Our goal is, yeah, we want the elite riders, and they're going to do awesome. You know, that's fantastic. They do, they do awesome regardless. No matter whatever. what happens, yeah. but to try and create an experience as a gateway. I mean, we obviously work really closely with Riverbrook and New Moon because they're here, yeah. and to say, hey, how do we figure out? a venue that people can go out have fun riding it not intimidated as a very very beginner mm-hmm. and feel like man that was pretty awesome i right. either want to buy a bike if i rented it today or whatever i borrowed one maybe now i'm gonna buy one and we're seeing more and more of that and you know there's a there is a lot of new people every year obviously now this year it's a thousand riders yeah and when so a thousand and that's between the two distances there's a was it 21k 21k yep and 47 yeah uh so that's between the two, but still a thousand people. It's yeah. biggest by far. When did, so let's uh, go back to six years ago, the first year, whatever, 200 yep. people that next year, what, how many years? Yeah. yeah six. What, so that second year, was it just like, so a what happened people? Was like so when did you, my bigger question is when did you know, I mean, obviously you knew it was popular the first yep. year, yep. but when did you know it was a thing? I mean, you, you guys put on the, the, the ski Berkey is like, I don't even know, 10, 12,000 people. Yeah. I mean, your trail run weekend is another how many thousand people. I mean, you're dealing with big events. Yeah. I mean, how how quickly in did you know, like, okay, this is something we need to keep doing? You know, it was interesting because, I, you know, I came then, that was in 13, and 14 was my first year here. And again, more from a road cycling background and saying, ah, this is pretty crazy. We had 200 people here last year. Registration opened up in May, but of course not that many people are thinking about fat biking yeah. in May. But by the time fall rolled around, we had already had like 200 registrations. We're like, holy buckets. You know, how many, so we put a cap on it. You know, we can't go more than 500 because yeah. I think the bigger question is, will the trail hold up? Because we didn't want a bad experience. And yeah, we're like, you well, know, if it breaks down, no one has fun, forget it. Like last, I mean, arguably last year was really tough, right? I mean, yeah. we don't, uh, but for the other reason, <laughs> Yeah. Couldn't stay upright, but uh, so we said, man, if we get 500 people, that'll be insane. Let's just put a cap there. It'll never even get close. And then by like December, we'd had some early snow and suddenly we're at like 450. We're like, oh my God, we're yeah. going to have 500 people here at this fat bike race. Yeah. And again, to a T, interestingly enough, when we surveyed that, then following that year, it was like 80% of the people had never done a fat bike race, of course, which is intuitive, but mm-hmm. like less than 50 had ever done a mountain bike race. These people oh, weren't really? like hardcore mountain uh, bikers either. And interestingly enough too, so then you would think, oh, okay, everyone's going to be doing the short race, but yet it was skewed even more so to the long race. So even though they were newer people, you'd ask me like, oh yeah, we didn't mind if we were going to be out there for three, four, five hours. It was kind of like the Berkey does. We were just going to be out there all day. Yeah. So the mindset wasn't so much about like how you know, uh, how fast am I going to race it? You know, those were the people in the series chasing it, but the rest of them were out there like, Hey, when we're done, I want a beer, beer and a brat and we're going to hang out. And that was the stark. I mean, if you ask the staff or the volunteers stark difference, and maybe even you sense it from Berkey atmosphere to fat bike where a lot of the skiers are, I mean, I love skiers. I am one, but they're demanding a lot. Like it's got a bam, bam, but the fat bikers and I think bikers in general, they want to have a great time. They realize you're working really hard to give them a great experience, but yet ah, they roll with the punches because a lot of times, you know, it isn't going to be just exactly perfect or the condition changes. And they're like, they understand that you've worked hard to to do it. And, and as the end result, it's a pretty fun event. What have you learned in the last years doing this that bike oh man other other than that like what just from a logistical standpoint core standpoint i mean you said like you said mostly road background yeah so you were I never mean, no exactly i mean i 
I'd done a couple 24 mountain bike races. I'd raced Schwamigan a few times, but never a ton of yeah. mountain bike, a few wars races, but it was never like, yeah, a lot of mountain bike racing. And so I think one, it was quickly that it has to be, it has to be treated like a road race or a, it's not going to be like a ski race. In other words, you have to think of it as um, you can't have barriers in the way um, as the road by, you know, mm-hmm. like all those little things that you don't oftentimes think of as a ski race. And the, the, one of the bigger paradigm shifts was I think that almost all our volunteers come to the ski race and help with the ski race. And so it was even, you know, Gary Crandall was very instrumental in helping and saying, Hey, all right, you know, guys think about doing this, think about doing that just in terms of obviously from his background yeah. with, with uh, Schwamigan. And I, th- I would say a couple of things we learned early on. One, we got to make the thing as hard as we possibly can in terms of the course, not, mm-hmm. not healy hard, but I mean like, firm as we possibly can that it can't be too hard um two that it's not like we still have aid stations obviously it's like you're out in a ski race but for sure the top 70 percent or 50 percent aren't stopping for a drink i mean they got a water bottle with them type of thing Mm -hmm. and a lot of those things so that mindset became a little bit different and then what are they expecting in terms of what do they want to do afterwards you know we know what skiers want to do but do you want to hang out and have a beer are you going to immediately jet afterwards and I think what we really learned was that one, the, the, the social component of it is so important. I mean, everybody wants to just hang out afterwards and have a good time. So how do you create that setting one? And then two, amazing support from the industry you know a lot of times from the ski industry it's hard i mean you know the ski industry has suffered i mean we yeah. think of the bike industry as small huge, right, right. but it, the ski industry is really small but when you yeah. think of people like 45 north that early on in free will those guys said you know what we believe in it we'll support yeah. it that goes a long way to saying and and i think being open to to garnering to their suggestions like kevin was like hey you guys need a crit all right let's try a crit or you know yeah. what don't do that they've those guys have been really helpful yeah um, i remember 45 north has been and they're not even that old of a company no so when we started the fat bike frozen well when the other guy brad started the fat bike frozen 40 i think they were just like kicking up the business yeah like that thing but they were right in there from the beginning like, I remember that. I'm like, who, who are these people? Like, they're bringing some, like, they have a tire, like yeah. Dillinger, whatever they had. They had, like, one tire at the yeah. time, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just remember they jumped on the whole Great Lakes Fat Bike Series, and they were, like, supporting, you know? And then big time. you guys are like, they're like, yeah, we'll do any. Like, we're up there. See ya. You know, and I think, the you know, when you think of people like 45 North, and, and I've known Head really, really well um, for quite some time mm-hmm. as family friends growing up. And Oh, yeah, you're from and, down uh, So, the, you know, when then then they jump it, right? You're thinking, here's the consummate road cycling, yeah. right? Yeah. And next thing you know, one of their fat greatest selling products is right, this right. huge fat bike wheel, right? And yeah. so... Then you started to realize, like, hey, this is legitimate. And then, obviously, anecdotally, when you talk to Tim and Chris and the guys up here in the shops, when people are now buying fat bikes for their year-round bike or a plus bike, any of those that um, was really suddenly, uh, hey, these are really legitimate. They're not going anywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. Yeah, as I, Now that I think about it, when you say, what else have we learned? You know, early on, they were like, oh, the, you got to have a specific tire size only or this. And they were yeah, really right, into right, it. Right. And so then it's like, oh, which makes sense though for other races, big time, absolutely. So, you know, you have not nearly the grooming, you have laps or whatever it is, absolutely. You know, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so we that was one that we learned like we can't check tire size of seven hundred bikes out there. It's, it's not going to be legit, you know. And so we said, you know, it's going to we're going to put out a course that we think is really uh, really good, and then you can choose the equipment if if uh, you want to ride your cross bike. Pfft, 
<laughs> you give it have a roll and see have, how it works. Have you, know? you had any issues? Well, not for the 90% of people in bat. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but have you had any issues with that? Not, not in the last couple of years. You know, let's take last year out. The previous two years were like mint conditions. You couldn't, I mean, firm, you mm-hmm. know, it even drizzled on one Friday, which then when they tilted up was like, oh, I mean, you couldn't have asked for better. Right. So, you know, uh, last year was one of those that, of course, we recommended everyone have studs because it was so icy, even after they power raked it and tilled it. It was, mm-hmm. just, as you remember, yeah, you probably it. it was icy. So that was one, like from an equipment issue that it wasn't fair. You did be able to say, yeah, if you don't have studs, well, yeah. it's going to be a little bit tricky, but so far we have not had an issue with like really narrow tires and yeah i mean have you had any like uh let's say top 10 finishers that finished on like a plus bike for example or any any not yet we haven't no it's been pretty and this year it'll be interesting though i mean this year we're kind of on that cusp we're right you know we've just got a foot of snow on the southern end of the course not as much up north probably closer to like five or six inches so we've been tilling it tilling it tilling it and it makes it harder and harder and harder but it's still going to break down over time. And so mm-hmm. the idea of having a really narrow tired bike, is going to break it down quicker. And, you know, as you know, as well, I mean, when you're talking 50 kilometers, of course, it actually changes quite a bit. So mm-hmm. to ride a, you know, a, a narrower tire, even you're taking a pretty big risk, it's a big risk. Yeah. Cause you know what, in the start, it's pretty hard. Cause we've yeah. had a bunch of races there, but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you get 10 K down the road Yeah, and here and here too, the snow changes a lot. So we have, up in cable is getting, like you said, it, this storm was a little bit different because South got yeah. more, but a lot of times, you know, earlier in the year, cable got a lot of lake effect. Yeah. So it changes from mile to mile in that aspect. And then this last storm, like you said, South here, we got, you know, Hayward was like nine or 10 in between here and cable was up to yeah. 12 inches and then cable only got five or six. Yeah. So yeah, you're taking, if you're doing it's that, a risk. you're it's, like, yeah. well, the, you know, if you have a leader that's trying to save weight and like trying to take a risk, it's like, you could end up with five miles of slower. Well, stuff and here's and the other thing I've, I've noticed from the bike racing standpoint of it, you know, and we all want to go, you know, apex to apex and have a great line. But from a groom, when you're grooming a 40 foot wide trail in the, in the, all the tillers, the way the grooming machine work, you have this, this is spinning ins- tiller this is inside tip coming here. Really. Here's what's going to tell you. The last foot on either side is just a flap. So it's not very firm. So when you start cutting corners really close on the inside, yeah. be wary. Here comes an endo when you drop your front wheel, yeah. you know, because that last foot of the tiller is not a tiller. It's a flap. And so, yes, you can really start to take best line, but. That said, it's not the hardest, not and, the fastest. hardest and fastest oftentimes because where does everybody ski? Where are the tracks of the groomer center? And so, yeah, you maybe go an extra two feet, but uh, it's so much harder, right? And uh, I've seen it happen. It happened, uh, oh, probably three or four years ago. It was in probably group uh, riders of like six through 12 mm-hmm. coming back in on the old Cordelopa trail. <laughs> Somebody tried to cut the corner really yeah. close. Boom. Yeah. Drop the front tire right over the bars, right? Because yeah. just again, you know, it's snow. It's not pavement. So there's going to be, which yeah. is kind of the fun part. There's going to be parts that, boy, that looks really nice. But guess what? If you're not, if you're running a 2.8 <laughs> versus yeah. something a little bit beefier, yeah, it may drop. That's cool, though. It gives people it gives people an option to play with the plus, you know, because there's some yeah. range in between. But Tire pressure for right. sure comes, comes So in. I'm going to check back with you later. In the weekend, we're going to talk throughout the weekend a few times, but I want to give you just a chance. Uh, People, I'm going to be posting this later today. So anybody that's coming up, what 
I want some local recommendations. Yeah, so yeah. first of all, what do they need to know about the Berkey? Like yep. check in any of those details like that, that yep. they didn't read the email that they just got. Cause <laughs> I know it happens. Um, plus I want to give listeners outside listeners who may be thinking about this next yep. year, kind of what to expect. And then maybe, uh, where they should go to like, you know, where you go to Recoup. eat or drink or something. That's right. Know, like tonight, tomorrow. And then just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one, um, you know, the course will be open all day Friday for okay. pre-riding and okay. so it's all marked ready to go like it's all be, marked right okay. now actually they're they're finishing up the marking and uh so you know and the expo and everything is a, is in cable so first and foremost at the start at the start line so you can drive right up to it you know people have asked about busing or whatnot it's we have enough room we can park about 800 cars so plenty of room everyone can park right at the start but that said it takes a little i mean you're driving as you know on small gravel roads mm-hmm. to get there so even though it's two and a half miles outside of cable make sure you give yourself plenty of time as you go through hayward get up to cable and then out to the start and you know they can pick up their bib friday um and the little expo which is pretty cool i mean it's a lot of really cool fat bike vendors that that have cool product you can try it demo it ride it um or buy it and uh, mm-hmm. so that's friday and i think that um uh, you know when you think about the infrastructure of cable and hayward obviously hayward's bigger so 17 miles between hayward and the start line so there's rondos in cable there's uh rivers eatery in cable and they have like and there's brick house in yeah. cable and those are the three entities in terms of like if you're looking for food and drink yeah um so be ready that if you're gonna head north after out of hayward that you're that's what you're gonna expect up yeah. there especially otherwise cabins. Be, yeah otherwise you're gonna be driving out in the woods somewhere to like the local supper club that might be open might be, hours. might not be <laughs> right, exact because right. this is actually, believe it or not, starting to get to be a lower time for yeah, the area. Right, skiing right. is start typically winding down. As you know, we got a ton of snow right yeah. now, but uh, but you it's know, probably I think, the best of the year right now, oh, especially fantastic. with this for the next two weeks. I mean, it's gonna be thirty degrees know, and sunny, and I mean, I this is like why one lives here. But yeah. um, then then the the Hayward is awesome as well at at hosting. They know exactly what it means to come up here and ski or bike and run because it's what they're good at. So yep. whether it's you're going to the Angry Men or you're going to Anglers or plethora of the restaurants, they know what to expect. And a lot of people have been here, of course, but it's there's it a lot of great restaurants mm-hmm. in town. And 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 then there's Marketplace Foods, which is the only grocery store <laughs> um, in town. So yeah. you're going to have to hit up uh, Marketplace if you want to buy some food and groceries. Um and then uh, I will say, though, the Senex, for those of you that are into beer, um, maybe has one of the better beer selections. Uh, really? The Senex, you know, oh. uh, over here. Yeah, yeah, Really? The co-op, they've got an awesome beer selection. They, huh. they, they used to be part of a really big liquor co-op, and now, since they don't have it any longer, it's uh, where that old Gordy's was. Oh, okay. They moved sort of their craft beer into the Senex. So anyways, that's a little inside tip. If you want a good craft beer, go to the Senex. Um but uh, and then obviously Angry Minnow across the street, which is often the, the watering hole of many's choice when you're in Hayward. And so I think you know it's it's going to be uh, a good weekend, good weather. I think a lot of people, if you have the opportunity to get here on Friday, it's worth it. I mean, yeah. it's awfully hard Saturday morning to be messing with tire pressure and where do I go and what do I do because it's a little bit different in that. Ooh, realize that it's not just 150 people showing up you might be waiting in line to park for 10 or 15 minutes and that when you're going to pick up your bib it's going to be a line because there's only so many volunteers and the cool thing this year the expo will be set up all day saturday too we normally last year tore it down because we needed a place for people to eat but we're bringing in a separate tent for people to eat in if they want so that way then they can you know all the vendors will be set up all day saturday which is kind of cool too because then you're 
you can have a little bit more relaxed if yeah. you want to go uh, whatnot. So I don't know, man. I think it's going to be fantastic racing. Uh, make sure if anybody has any any questions. I mean, one of the luxuries we have is we have a full time staff, so you can call the Berkey office and hey, where do I pick up my bib or uh, what about this? Right. You know, um, all the aid stations again. There's some mechanical support, but you know they won't be overhauling your cassette. Right, uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> when you're out there, I mean, there's some really basic things there. Things, yeah. But again, like Schwamigan or whatnot, if you're gonna think you're gonna need it, carry it with you. I mean, obviously, uh, some basic things, but. Yeah. Uh, and here's a quick tip, and then I'm gonna ask you. I just want you to give yeah. a quick overview about what. Um, oops, what the Berkey has going on and what you guys are all. Yeah. About. Um. So here's a quick tip. It's going to be fairly cold. It looks like probably eight to 10 degrees yeah. or something in the morning. Don't take your bike from your cabin hotel room. That's going to be 70 degrees and uh, do all your air pressure inside. This is mostly for probably beginners and uh, people that maybe forgot or in a rush, but don't mess with the tire pressure inside. Keep it inside all night. Mess with the tire pressure, get it perfect and then take it outside. <laughs> Because what's going to happen is I saw it, we saw it a ton. I was up at Lutz and it was really, really cold. Right. But a ton of people didn't make it two miles because there was a lot of burp tires because it was so cold and they had set their air pressure and then they got out there and they realized like, yep, yeah, a little shrinkage. Good point. Um, So that's a good tip for any beginners. Uh, Wouldn't hurt to set your bike out for a while, just in the morning at least, and then uh, mess with it after it's cooled down to temperature. I was going to say, get there, the people that haven't been there, get there early because there's plenty of warm space. In terms of, like I said, there'll not only be a, a food tent that people are going to be able to eat in, I think it's 40 by 60, so a couple hundred chairs and tables in it, but then also the Great Hall, this big warm space. So don't be afraid to get there early, set your bike outside, yeah. hang out. You can be in a warm space, plenty of, it'll yeah. be crowded, kind of fun, and, and yeah. uh, but you, you know, the venue can hold it and handle it. Um, yeah. So get there early. No, yeah. no reason not to. Yep. Yeah. All right. So overall, we could talk about this forever, but just give give listeners a kind of ten thousand foot overview of what Berkey's all about, what you have going on. Because like I like I alluded to earlier, the, the ski race, uh, the running race. Now you're involved with the the logging or not logging, yeah. <laughs> so, the lumberjack, <laughs> lumberjack uh, yep. championships. Uh, but what are you all about? What's the goal? Kind of give people an idea. I'm trying to elicit uh, donations here. So <laughs> if you have any questions, people, you can go to Berkey.com and that, that's B-I-R-K-I-E.com and that'll give you some information. But You know, the thing about the foundation is it is a nonprofit foundation. Started in 83 when bank, or 84 when, when, the, when Tony Wise, who started the ski race, went bankrupt. So the foundation was started and at the time it did everything it could to put on a race. That was it. Just put on the ski race in February. But over the last 30 years, it's really evolved into now it's, you know, the economic impact in Hayward and Cable is about 25 million bucks a year. It's a big part of this area. And really why is that it, so it's, it's about promoting a lifestyle. So, right. To your point, we put on a bunch of events, a trail run in the fall, a Berkey tour, which is, it's a non-timed event during the winter. We do trail run in the summer as part of the lumberjack world championships, as well as this, this other event. Um, and the fat bike Berkey, the Berkey, of course, and then a ton of youth programming about everything from biathlon to heavily involved with the Hayward composite mountain bike team. 
in the fall. And so the whole, and then a big part of what we do then is maintain the trail. So we spend about $400,000 a year on the trail. So that's about uh, 25% of our entire operating budget goes to the trail. Mm -hmm. So that's mowing it, erosion, you name it. So there's no doubt that, and and then about 30% of our income comes from donations. So it is, it truly is, whether it's a membership donation, meaning I sign up to be a member, um, or people that just send in money. And it ends up being that it's, um, a lot of that goes towards the trail um, because it's our single largest expense mm-hmm. uh, um, outside of the events and so it's a pretty it it's for me a dream job to get to work all day on putting on events and then taking care of what i think is arguably northern wisconsin's greatest resource i mean then you because you intertwine that with the canva single track pretty darn amazing yeah. for bikes and running i mean you know it yeah, in the summer i mean um, it's a huge resource so that's Berkey. Yeah, it's 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 growing by for sure. I mean, we have uh, twelve full time staff and about ten part time that come in primarily around events. They might be here for a week mm-hmm. or two weeks, or they might be here for a month sorting bibs, that kind of thing. And uh, you know, it's uh, the the goal is to make it sustainable so that. 20 years from now, it's growing, not just because we want it to get bigger, but the bigger we get, you know, the more last year we were able to put on almost eight different youth programs, whether it was a biathlon yeah. program, dive for the dirt, which is one with the hospital, um, yeah. or just trail kids is what we call it. trail kids, our programs that kids get to go out and mountain bike, uh, kayak trail. And so it's not just skiing or mountain biking. And, um, yeah, pretty for, you know, pretty fortunate to get, get to yeah. work on it, uh, daily and. I mean, you single-hand, not you specifically, but, no, yeah. but Berkey single-handedly, like you said, first of all, the yearly economic impact of $25 million, that's only grows as we have more people involved and whatever. But look at the long-term effects. The, the amount of people, I'm new to town. Yeah. Uh, it's almost a year, actually. But if you, the number of people that I've talked to and said, well, we've been coming here for 20 years, we bought a cabin, we have some land, and we finally, and now we live here. We yeah. literally, we... We moved because of the area, but that started because of the ski race. Yeah. Like they started skiing. They skied it a long time ago and then they skied it for 20 years. I can think of one offhand, the start line in yeah. right next to the start line <laughs> of the Berkey. Yeah, right. Like those two, uh, uh, Mike, right? Is yeah. His name? Mike yeah. Choate. Like he has skied the Berkey for firefighter. Yeah. He skied the, he skied the Berkey for what? Yep. 25 years, yep. 28, 30 years or something. And he and his wife, uh, yeah finally bought a place and now they run a in the start line in it's a little not bed and breakfast but whatever yeah. airbnb like there's a little they have all kinds of cool stuff going on yeah. or the little shop um so that's just yeah. one example so you single-handedly the berkey has has moved people to move here which is a huge like not a lot of organizations can can say hey you know what we've had an impact on actually bringing families here yeah and i think that's uh you know that if Something that is really important to us is to create an environment where people want to live as well, right? Because like, <laughs> I'm I'm raising my hand right now, yeah. by the way, because I mean, if you look at people our yeah, age, I mean, it's like looking five years down the road if we're living here, right. we're like, man, we need some more people like us, Bingo. like our yeah. demographic, you right? Know? Exactly. So creating, uh, you know, not only economic or not only recreational opportunity, but economic opportunity, because right. Yeah. I may want to live here just because it's a great place to mountain bike, but if I can't work and live <laughs> here. And so even as, yeah. as corny as that sounds, but creating jobs and, or, I mean, start line in, right. Okay. Now there's a shop here. So now it employs somebody, um, to live here because 
Yeah. You and live they're here. helping the Berkey because they're Usually. like making a comfortable place right right down right the thing. At the start line. They're helping people fix their skis and all this stuff. Yep. And I think it's startlineinn.com yeah, that's by right. the way. But they're helping people and at the same time you're providing them a ton of income. Yeah. Cuz they wouldn't be coming if, you know. Super so symbiotic relationship yeah. and the two they go hand yeah. in hand. And, and then you think of the volunteers. I mean during Berkey, yeah. 2600 volunteers know, this crazy. weekend, probably 350 yeah. or 400 throughout these last 3 days. So yeah. we couldn't survive we couldn't produce a manpower without the volunteers and the volunteers yeah. are the ones that live here. And so it kind of goes round and round. And at the end of the day, even the fact that the Berkey trail and most of the Canva trails are all in public land, it's all Sawyer County and Bayfield County for fantastic. Um, so it really ends up, I think we all realize it. No one entity could live on their own. We all have to play our role. And I tell the, I tell the chamber of commerce this all, all the time. We're going to put on events to bring people to the area to the, for the first time. And then it's up to the community to yeah. engage them and keep them and have them come back. And that's and, a constant. That's a constant uh, work in progress. Yes, I've learned. Yep. And you really need to get involved. The good thing is, from a small town like this, is you can get involved and you can actually do things and make things happen. So it's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, it's good and bad because it's a lot of responsibility. Once you jump in, though, you they can't, yeah. you raise your hand. Guess what? They're gonna you're gonna have to keep raising it because next thing you know, you're sitting in the Berkey office recording things all day to give Ben free uh, free promotion. <laughs> That's right. And we appreciate Actually, it. Thanks. Uh, no, and I'm getting I'm getting free content so it works out. Um, no, it's great. No. It really is fun and and I think ultimately it is you know, when you think of the Berkey, you think of Hayward and the area. If I think of Silent Sport Recreation, it's pri- it's really hard to match it um, around the country. I've been yeah. we've all been to different places, mountain yeah. biking, we've all been to different places cross country skiing, but right here combining them and you know what? Snowmobiling, ice fishing, any sort of outdoor it's pretty activity. Ridiculous. There's a lot of really cool stuff, really close, uh, close yeah. by, and so. So, bottom line is, come up here, do the Fab Bike Berkey, go to Berkey.com, kick in some more money, uh, and then just hang around for a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is, if you, you know, listeners, if you do come up here, I would plan on coming up an extra day because generally, I think everything's groomed. Well, yeah. a lot of it's groomed right now, but like Ben was talking about, the Canvas Single Track is also groomed as well. Yeah. So winter wise, generally, if we don't have a foot of snow, you're looking at anywhere from 50 to 70 miles of groomed single track. Yeah. So if you give yourself a day or two on the either end of it to check it out and actually some of the single track, you can get right from the start line. So yeah. you can go check out the start line um, and then roll out right behind it. You know, go check out the Berkey trail and then roll out right behind it and check out some of the single track too. There's good little loops right in there. Uh they're usually pretty good. I don't know what they're like right now. I think you're not bad. But. I mean, and I think, right, you think about, man, pretty cool event. Take a couple of days off of work. Come up Friday, yeah. ride the course, hang out, Saturday race, go to the Canva fundraiser Saturday night at Sawmill. Yep. Sunday, hit all the single tracks, spend another day of it, sleep, head home Monday or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make a really fun weekend of it. Yeah. Um, it's with definitely worth Doing it. something different every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know. That's the fun. And bring part your skis if you if you yeah. like to ski at all. Seriously, it's I mean, fantastic. I mean, and you right now this is like mid December. I mean, this is so unusual. The conditions right now are so amazing cool. in terms of. I mean, I look that at my driveway. Other, it's that, like that snow the other day was pretty good. Unbelievable. So. You know, I mean, short of the, the fact that we have to make it as hard as we can right now and really firm it up. If we didn't have to worry about that, I mean, I. 
I hate to tell you the second secret or not secret is we plowed half the trail. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we were plowing yeah. snow yeah. off the trail to try and again firm it up as much as we can for the race. But you really start to realize that uh, there's a lot of snow out there. I mean, we'll be yeah. skiing and fat biking well into April at this rate, which oh, is yeah. cool, right? I mean, I'm, March Madness I'm and, and mountain yeah. biking. I'm good with it. I'm pretty excited. So, all right, Ben, we're going to be checking back with you the rest of the weekend. I got some new uh, recording equipment that I can do. Uh, Without power, you can use batteries that's, and walk around and chase you around. So, uh, well, and you're going to be doing a little fat bike ride know, yourself, so and that's going to be good. I know I'm going to be doing the short race with the Trail Genius camera on, so I'll be carrying a 360 camera on my backpack. I don't know, Jason has to help me out with that, so we'll figure it out. But. It'll be cool. I mean, I think the Trail Genius is another one, right? I mean, we won't. We obviously you can't preview it this year for this race yet, yeah. but like in the future, same sort of thing. When you're like, God, I want to do the fat bike burger. Yeah. Check out. Oh, and I will oh. have a camera on me too, so I'll have my own little chest camera and I'll, <sighs> I'll post that awesome. right away it's not gonna be as fancy that as yours, will be awesome so. perfect cool all right thank you ben hey and thanks ben we'll talk later you got it all right